This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. June S. Lee, President of UPMC Physician Services and Executive Vice President of UPMC. Dr. Lee, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thanks so much for having me. It's a great pleasure. Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about. UPMC is certainly a leader uh, and a lead organization within physician services, as well as the care you're providing and technology and many exciting things. But before we dive into my questions, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure, great. Well, my name is June Lee. I'm an interventional cardiologist by background. Currently, I serve as, as you noted, the president of UPMC Physician Services, and we have uh, about 5,300 employees positions, and our care delivery system includes 40 campuses or 40 facility traditional hospitals uh, throughout uh, Pennsylvania and parts of New York and Western Maryland. So I help to co-lead that organization. So when the leadership uh, the folks who are responsible for the leadership of the traditional provider side, uh, UPMC is a large $25 billion uh, healthcare organization, but we also have a large health insurance arm too. So we have a approximately a $14 billion health insurance component of UPMC, as well as a large care delivery system, which traditionally people would think of as a healthcare system in the United States. So really a combination of true payer provider, or as we like to say, uh, integrated delivery and finance system. Uh, I'm an interventional cardiologist by background, and I've been with UPMC since 1996 and have seen a lot of the growth and the transformation that we've been lucky to be part of, as well as uh, the changes in the healthcare system. And I've um, had sense both on the so-called what I'm calling the provider side, which is the care delivery side, as well as the health insurance side. I was lucky enough to serve as the chief medical officer there for two years and then uh, before my current role. So I've gotten to see both sides of the integrated delivery and the finance system. I'm really glad to be here talking about some of the things happening at UPMC as well as throughout the this country in terms of what's happening with our healthcare. Absolutely. Wow, that's fascinating. And what a background to bring into where we're at today in the healthcare system where things are changing so quickly, both from the provider side as well as the health plan side. And I'm wondering, what did you learn during your two years on the health plan side? Uh, anything that surprised you or how do you take that experience, I guess, into your current role and really make sure that things are working efficiently for you across the board? Yeah. You know, I, I I have to admit that going into the the health plan or the insurance side, uh, I had spent a long time both in clinical delivery as a physician and then as a uh, physician executive. So I foolishly thought that I knew a fair amount about uh, care delivery and how we're organized and the American care delivery system. But certainly being on the care side was, uh, to say the least, eye-opening. The complexities of the American healthcare system, how we're organized financially, and how that interacts with the complex care delivery system on the provider side cannot be overstated. It is such a complex system that helps to define how we deliver care and how well we perform, or unfortunately, sometimes how we fail to perform despite the resources that are there. And, you know, being there let me really see some of the pressures that are on the insurance side in terms of trying to deliver coordinated care or trying to arrange coordinated care, I should say, 
from the insurance standpoint and how despite all the resources we have in this country, it's never or almost never a simple equation. So uh, it was truly an eye-opening experience and a tremendously steep learning curve. Got it. Absolutely. Wow. I can imagine that was just what a, a valuable experience you had. Now, considering where we're at today, what do you see as being some of the opportunities in, in healthcare right now to really improve systems and improve healthcare delivery, as well as some of the headwinds that you have your eye on? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't think the headwinds are really much of a mystery, right? If you're in a you know, leadership position or healthcare delivery position, uh, you know, we just passed the three-year mark in terms of the pandemic, depending on when you kind of say the pandemic started. For many of us in this region, it was March 13, 2020, Friday the 13th, when there were a lot of emergency declarations. And even though in Western Pennsylvania, where I am, the amount of COVID infection was pretty low at that time, that was really the beginning point. And, and what a three years it's been, right? It's really during that time, we've really experienced several once-in-a-lifetime events, right? Once-in-a-generation, once-in-a-hundred-year pandemic, everyone would agree, you know, so-called the great resignation and all in the background of a heavily political, politicalized environment, if you will. And no matter where you are in those political spectrum, what it has done is it has kind of decreased the faith in and questioning more the the, the validity of some of the scientific findings, some totally legitimate, some maybe a little bit too much, and the, uh, even in the systems. And, you know, I didn't even, we can add on to that what's happening with the economics and what's happening with the war in Europe. I mean, there's so many things that have happened over the last three years, some very much related. But from a healthcare standpoint, it's really created a, a perfect storm. We've had this unprecedented workforce shortage, which continues and which seems to go on forever and forever if you're working in healthcare. It's caused a tremendous inflationary pressure in wages as well as supply chain and those other things, despite the fact that we still remain as a healthcare system, uh, if you will, somewhat restricted or constricted in terms of capacity. So. You know, there's that perfect storm of not having enough people who's working, at, especially at bedside, everything costing more, and the revenue being restricted, which is not a good formula. But, you know, I don't think it's all doom and gloom. I mean, it's been an incredibly stressful time for anyone in healthcare, but at the same time, it showed us a tremendous amount of things that we can do. And I think that it actually has opened our eyes to a lot of the opportunities that are with us. Now, when the crisis occurred. I mean, everyone remember at most systems, and certainly I feel like UPMC and other high-functioning organizations really function much more in a coordinated manner, and we function much more like a system that we want to be. Things were much more standardized, different campuses, different healthcare organizations collaborated with each other, and Know, crisis really was an opportunity to make some changes that have long time been long time in coming. I mean, I don't think any of us would say that in 2019 the American healthcare system was perfect in any way. It had a lot of great things, but also a lot of suboptimal components. And there were things and changes that we could make. And it is an opportunity as things are ongoing to make more changes, which we know we need to make in the American healthcare system, you know. And one of those is the fact that if you look at the healthcare industry, 
It's one of the sectors of economy that has made the least progress in terms of productivity over the last few decades. And given the perfect storm I described, it's one of the things that's going to have to change. And I think that what we will see is some organizations who do a good job and come out winners and other organizations who lag behind, obviously, our job as leaders to make sure our organization is one of the leaders who manage the productivity at the same time as keeping an eye on the stresses that have been put on the healthcare workforce. So that's one of the biggest challenges that we have and an opportunity to create a better health system and deliver better healthcare, if you will. Right. Dr. Lee, I think that's so interesting. And when you think through those organizations that really are putting themselves in the best position over the next five to six years to be the ones that win and are able to uh, succeed and continue growing and developing and caring for patients. What are they doing today to set themselves up for success? Obviously, you know, UPMC has a very much reputation of innovation and being on the forefront of, of healthcare delivery. And so I just love to hear your thoughts on, you know, if there's anything you're doing right now to make sure you're putting yourself in the best position possible going forward. Yeah, uh, I, I think that the winning organizations are going to invest in many different things. I mean, a couple, uh, I think the, if you will, the winning strategy has to change. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of simplistically put the old-fashioned strategy of healthcare systems that grow to, uh, I like to call it the field of dream strategy, right? If you build that, then they will come. So uh, focus was on building more hospitals. Um, more campuses, and that was a way towards market share growth and having a larger expansion. But I think that that's probably unsustainable for most healthcare systems now. You know, there needs to be physical growth, but there has to be much more focus on what I call strategic growth. And in order for healthcare systems to do that, I think the winning healthcare systems are going to invest very smartly on technology and also go all in on analytics. That is, the healthcare systems that are going to win are going to be those that are driven by a high level of analytics, both in terms of clinically and operationally. Obviously, you know, in healthcare, we've always had some analytics in terms of classic studies. If you're thinking about, you know, clinical, but industry as a whole, I can't say has necessarily made the revolution of being a very analytic-driven organization, whereas other sectors of our economy have been much better about that. If you think about how we shop, if you think about, you know, how we do many things on a day-to-day basis, they've been revolutionized much more through the advent of technology and analytics than healthcare delivery has. So I think we have, and I know that we have to catch up there. It makes a lot of sense and really, you know, it is great to hear and think through how the healthcare organization is changing and what healthcare delivery will look like going forward. Now, you talked a little bit about this already, but how are you thinking about growth and adding value to UPMC in general? You know, if I look at what we're looking at now, one of the ways that we're really thinking about growth and opportunity is we've kind of focused on what we're calling access. Now, that's a simple word. But we believe that the organizations and the healthcare organizations that are going to be the leaders are going to do access differently. Obviously, access component of healthcare, no matter what. But if you look at traditionally how we thought about access, it's really focused on three different channels. 
people traditionally, have access healthcare through the doctor's offices, through the telephone, either calling the doctor's offices or making appointments, and then through the emergency room. But if you look at how we think about healthcare, how we want to access healthcare, is much more complex than that. A lot of us want to start with a digital interaction. If you look at the urgent care centers that have popped up, it's what we call omni-channel access and all the ambulatory centers instead of hospitals where we're going to go ahead and get procedures and stuff. So at UPMC, we really focus on this concept of uh, improving access and meeting the patient where they want to be. That is, how do our patients actually view access and how do they desire to start their healthcare interaction? And it really starts much earlier than kind of traditional way of thinking of when someone actually enters the office doors or through the emergency room. It's how do we start that communication? How do we start that education? And how do we help the patient to actually get the access to the care that they're really desiring in the manner that we think is much more consistent with how we desire to get healthcare at 2023 than it was, you know, if you will, year 2000 or 1990. Obviously, it's a complex equation. It means investment in terms of technology, a digital front door, but also a cultural change in terms of our workforce adapting to these other ways of coming in and getting access, not both in, not only in terms of the channel, as I call that, that people are using, but also the time, right? We tend to desire these things much more on a 24-7 basis. Now, we can't provide everything 24-7, but we can do a much better job, and we can use technology in a smart fashion in order to be able to provide for that type of access, whether we're talking about virtual care, whether we're talking about more of an asynchronous communication, which we're very much promoting through our MyUPMC, which is a digital front door for our patients. But that's what all of us desire when we're consumers or when we're patients of healthcare, and that's what we need to be able to provide in order to be successful in the future. That makes a lot of sense and is really helpful to think through in terms of how you're looking at where care is going to be delivered and how it will be delivered going forward. Now, you mentioned that some of that uh, transformation is cultural within the organization. As you said, a lot of patients are demanding more access to care and those kinds of things. But when you think through making sure that your team members are on board and uh, really changing the way that they're thinking about care delivery as well. What does that take from a leader like yourself to get everybody on board and moving in the right direction? Sure. You know, uh, that's a great question. Uh, we tend to think of things like online scheduling, which many of us desire, right, but which is not that easy to deliver. We tend to think of that as a software problem, which it partly is, but it's much more of a cultural problem. In order to be able to allow efficient and consistent online scheduling, we have to have ultimately a care delivery system that adapts to it, that makes certain standard templates, and the whole system needs to coordinate itself in a manner it can make online scheduling easier. And that's true of many other different ways that we're talking about. So in order for us to be effective, we have to have the dialogue with our care delivery personnel to why this is important, what our mission is and what our vision is in terms of where we're going and have our workforce understand where we're trying to go. You know, one of the other important things is that 
because of the workforce shortage, it has really opened our eyes even more to the importance of what our workforce experience is. So, you know, we call what our quadruple aim is. There are a lot of different quadruple aims, but in this case, when we're thinking about adoption of new workflow or new technology, it's critically important that it be associated with a better clinical outcome, better productivity, number two, and number three, obviously a better patient experience. But the fourth component, which have been all too often ignored in the past, is critically important. We always keep in mind what our workforce experience is, because otherwise we can't really sustain it. We can't expect our workforce to continue to do more and more and more, even though it may be technology. We have to make sure that when we adapt technology, that it improves the our employee experience. And that's everyone from physicians to the front desk workers to those who are answering the call. So we want to try to coordinate that. You know, in essence, we're trying to create much more of an integrated experience for the patient who's seeking care from us throughout. In the past, we used to think of just the experience and concentrate in terms of what happens to that patient once they enter our door and before they leave the door. But care delivery is much more integrated than that right now. In order for us to deliver the best care possible, we have to think about what happens in between those visits. And technology, you know, the digital front door that we talked about, allow us to do that in a much more coordinated fashion. But that does not happen just organically. You have to have a workforce that's thinking about it and understanding it and leadership that's really committed to providing that. That makes a lot of sense and it's really helpful to know and think through, especially when you're going through that type of cultural transformation that's really needed in healthcare in many organizations, but definitely it's not easy. Now, before we wrap up our conversation, could you tell me a little bit about our talk through one either risk or investment that's worth making this year? I know healthcare dollars are tight across the board and it can be a challenge sometimes to invest in something, but whether it's time or money or other resources that you have, what really are you doing right now and focused on that um, is worth that type of investment? No, I'm gonna cheat and, and tie him back to what we just talked about. It's really twofold. One is the technology, if you will, the digital front door that allows the patients to get to us in a different sort of way. And simultaneously, we're also investing heavily on a much more of an ambulatory footprint. That's a recognition that at UPMC, even though our, if you will, the, the original background as an academic medical center was focused on a very much a quaternary medical care, in order for us to become a very effective and a modern healthcare delivery system, we have to coordinate. We have to coordinate the care throughout the spectrum, and that means for much of the care being much near where the patients are in their neighborhoods. And fortunately, clinical development and technology, whether you're talking about joint replacement or minimally invasive surgery, has allowed us to explore that possibility. You know. Joint replacements are done as outpatient. I'm a cardiologist. Heart catheterizations are mostly done as outpatients now. And we have the ability to deliver that much closer to where the patients are. So that ambulatory strategy combined with a what I'm calling an omni-channel, but really focusing on the digital front door is really a combination we're very focused on now. 
That's great to hear. And I can imagine, you know, a, a very important transformation um, in, in something that will really help UPMC expand and, as you mentioned, modernize healthcare delivery going forward. Dr. Lee, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fun conversation, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thanks so much for having me and look forward to it.